Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast 389. Tony's still in Germany, so we're back in studio whatever. Uh, with Anthony. It's just what's Studio X. <laughs> <Studio. laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's been to my house knows that that's not true. Um, so Anthony's here. Hello, hello. Being my co-captain for these last two podcasts. Beautiful yeah. day, and I've like walked outside because I was so worried about yesterday being rainy and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to drive in the rain. I walked out I was like, oh, it's a beautiful day for a comics podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful day to sit inside and talk about comics. Yes, it's perfect. Josh, the producer. Yes. Making an appearance. Fully involved in the conversation this time. Yep. Yeah. Lots to say. Lots to say about the Joker movie. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. We talked about the Joker movie. Got into some, a little bit of news out of New York Comic Con. Not a whole lot. By the way, we're spoiler free on the Joker movie. Eh. Yes. Yeah. Nobody's looking for Joker spoilers. <laughs> uh, Anthony reviewed Strange... The Strange Skies over East Berlin. Yeah, from Boom. Uh, I covered a couple Marvel books. Mostly bizarre adventures. It's fucking good. Mm-hmm. So, sit back, relax, grab a little capsule of alcohol mm. pop it in your mouth and enjoy drunk on comics podcast 389 drunk on cereal nobody's gonna get that <laughs> <laughs> This is this loud? That's much better. Yeah. Do I have to put it in my mouth? It's better to have it close to your mouth. Okay. I mean, that is the key with a singing microphone. Yeah. It's to be touching your lips when you sing. But you don't have to have it touching your lips. Let's see. This is an ASMR episode. Yeah. (laughs) We're good with that. Oh, we're we're just going. We're going. We're just recording. Excellent. (laughs) <laughs> I can always see I can't tell when he has started recording mm-hmm. but when we're with Tony I can always tell when he started recording it's cause he has the like big finger click well and he goes from being like I just woke up to like hey guys I got super drunk this weekend let me tell you all about it <laughs> <laughs> yup I think next week we're probably going to have a whole episode just dedicated to him being drunk in Germany. Yeah, for sure. And talk nothing about comics. It's always interesting, too, because the weekend he went tubing, he came back, and that was the one weekend I was like, I don't know what's going on, because Tony was just sitting there. Oh, he was dead. dead. And then there was also the next weekend, or a couple weekends later, he went to the festival. Yeah. And he came back from that, and he was still at the festival mentally. He had yet to return. And so he was just kind of like staring at everything. Yeah. And I was like, we lost him. <laughs> we we used to call that Sunday Tony. And we, we haven't had Sunday Tony in a while, uh-huh. but he's made a reappearance Which as weird, of late. considering you guys record on Sunday. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But he uh, has matured slightly, I guess, in his old age uh-huh. and doesn't get super wasted every weekend now. But you can definitely tell the weekends he does. But now, but now he goes more extravagant. He spends thousands of dollars to fly to Germany. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> For a week. Yep. And a half. 
He's been sending some nice, fun pictures. Yeah. Definitely the leader hosen and doing a little bit of, of the standard white tourist stuff. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. He did stop by a comic book store and posted that on he our did. Yes. Facebook page. Um, probably bought comics that he cannot read. I was going to say, it's, they would all be in German. I would they? think yep. so. I would think so. I'm sure comic books get, tra- well, I'm sure they have their own comic book industry, first of all. Yeah. But any Marvel or DC comics, I would imagine those get translated into other languages. For sure. I mean, I've seen, I've read uh, manga that are translated by fans. Yeah. And it looks great. I mean, it's pretty easy, especially if you have the original source picture Mm -hmm. and you can edit the text within Mm -hmm. that little box. For Mm -hmm. sure. Uh, There's no doubt that they've got their own translations. That'd be too much of a market miss. Yeah. Yeah. For especially Marvel or DC to do. But I would be curious to see what the uh, local comic scene, you know, you're like independent. Yeah. In what Germany, are they doing it's gotta in be Germany? Wild, right. So, and a lot of, I mean, that's the, comics is one of those mediums where they'll do like political satire and they'll make fun of current events. Current events in Germany are, are much different than current events in America. That's true. So, that's true. I would love to see some Donald Trump villains yeah. in some German <laughs> yeah. magazines. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would be great. He's probably all Hitlerized, I'm sure. Yes. Right. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they're allowed to do that in Germany. Make people into Hitler? Yeah. Because it downplays know. the seriousness of how terrible Hitler was? Yeah. Is that why you think? Or I they're just know. like... Because they embrace their history. I know, I know that Mein Kampf is banned. That's and you, well, yeah, that was written. And by... you have to be careful how you wave. Yeah. Make sure, yeah. <laughs> make sure it's a normal <laughs> princess wave or yeah. something. <laughs> Very exaggerated. <laughs> Oh, well, before we get into comic reviews, comic review, I don't know why I did that in quotes, comic reviews, maybe it's because our reviews are <laughs> barely reviews. Some call them reviews. <laughs> uh, so. Josh and I went and saw The Joker. Anthony has not seen it yet, so I we're not, not going to get into the nuance of the story, mm-hmm. but Josh really enjoyed it. I did. A lot. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Lindsay, not so much. I, you know what? It was good. Yeah. Again, I will say this. It was good, and Joaquin Phoenix did his thing, as he always does, and he was really good in it. I just, the, there was nothing in it that I didn't expect. Right. So, I don't know if that's maybe why I got to the end, and I was like, well, that is exactly what I thought it was going to be, and I don't like watching movies where I get to the end of it, and I'm like, well, that was exactly what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. See, I'm okay with that if I was expecting it to be good. Well, <laughs> I just want to be a little surprised, you know? If yeah. I get to the end of a movie and I'm like, well, I could have written that. Because... I will say, at the very least, uh, if the movie ends how you're expecting it, but you're like, oh, they picked the good ending. Like, yeah. that's what you're thinking. At the very least, that's what I would want. Yeah. Um, I do love a good twist. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when they take, especially if you're, if you're in the realm of beloved character whatever that character is that people know i mean everyone knows the joker right and you do something twisty with it it's like okay i like it but it has to be good and it is hard to do that so it's like the exchange i would rather have a good ending that i expected than a bad ending that i didn't expect that's true but i even more i would prefer a new ending that's also good yeah I, I I was surprised by the perspective of the Joker. I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything like that, but I will just say this. The perspective that that you come away with with uh, seeing things from his side 
that was surprising to me. Mm. I, I was. I feel like the internet that. called that the perspective of. Maybe the movie. I was. I I wasn't looking at the internet oh. going into this. Yeah. I was. I was actively avoiding anything I mean, I like could, that. All my friends are nerds. I can't avoid it. Yeah, I was actively <laughs> looking to avoid all that. I wanted to like draw my own conclusions yeah. from the movie. Maybe and, that's why you enjoyed it way yeah. more than I did. But I also really love those old movies like Taxi Driver, like uh, Serpico and stuff like that. It was very much Taxi Driver. Yeah, it was totally Taxi Driver. Like, I, I feel like that's probably why Without De Niro the, was in there. To be clear, there are no teenage prostitutes in this movie. But other than that, it was Taxi Driver. <laughs> and, um, I'm trying to think, wait, was there? <laughs> no, there was no teenage no. prostitutes. But, um, yeah, I really loved it because it had that feel to it of, of that late 70s, early 80s crime drama. So like, right. there's not a lot of action in it. There's some, but there's not a lot of action in it. And it's much more of a drama. Um, and it's really focused on mental illness, which was interesting too. Sure, yeah. And I, and I loved that. It gave a great view would, of what that's like. Would you say movie. that it wasn't too heavy-handed as far as like the modern stigma around mental illness and bullying because that's like what they imply with the trailers is that oh you know he was bullied into being the joker by normal guys and he just happened to crack does it soften that a little bit it's not as i think that the head with it he was he wasn't he was he wasn't bullied by normal guys mm-hmm. i guess yeah. is the whole thing to me it was to this this movie more than being about the creation of the Joker was about the creation of modern day Gotham, right? Because at some point in time, Gotham was not a crime infested, terrible, scary place to be. Right. And the way Gotham is portrayed now is like, this is literally hell on earth. Mm -hmm. And to me, this movie was the beginning of that because it, a little bit of a spoiler, but more about the context of the film overall. This this is definitely a class warfare sort of movie mm-hmm. where okay. the where the common people start rising up against the wealthy of Gotham, which right. becomes a underlying theme of all Batman books mm-hmm. that we've ever read. Mm-hmm. It's the poor people of Gotham and then the ultra rich of Gotham and the the divide there. Yeah, and to me, this was the beginning of that happening. Do you know Gotham. if they're carrying this story on to something else or is this like a one-shot film as far as i knew this was supposed to be just it but i've heard rumors starting that there was going to be more Mm -hmm. to come from this and i could see how there's definite it definitely opens it up for almost a whole reboot of the batman franchise based on this movie Mm -hmm. but it's i wouldn't mind it if this was the beginning of a reboot and even if you're like we're not going to do Super Friends. Yeah, we're not doing any of that stuff. We're just getting back to like almost a Christopher Nolan-esque mm-hmm. you know, reboot yeah. of Batman. This would set that up really well. Where you know who the Joker is. Yeah. Is the difference. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's Maybe. Like, that's the tough thing for me because I like the the killing joke. I like the... Um, there's also this really great old comic book. Not old. It was only a few years ago. They, where they did a... They, there was this, it's old I, in comic books. I should have done some research ahead of time to figure out what this was. But they did this run briefly where uh, it was like villains take over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where like all the titles for DC Comics got taken over by the villains. Sure. For 
for an episode yeah. for an episode <laughs> for an, an issue. issue for yeah. an issue. And uh, there was one that was for the Joker, and it was beautifully drawn. Is that like, the one where he gets the ripped off face? Remember that Joker where his face is no. reattached to his face? No, that was that was the reboot of the New Fifty Two. Oh, okay. That was the new Joker after they Yeah, uh, with the face. Yeah. The terrifying ripped off face. Right. No, this this was like another this was another uh, like flashback to an origin mm. about him and everything. But what I loved about it was if and I'm hoping I remember this correctly. Maybe I've got my Joker stories confused, but I if I remember correctly, at the end of it he was like but I, sometimes I remember it completely differently, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, so you don't really know what the origin was. In it, or in it. Yeah. But um, what I really liked about that was uh, it was just a great origin story. And so that's what I kept thinking about when I was watching that movie was it's like, okay, this doesn't have to be canon. And I'm in any Joker origin story shouldn't be canon. No. But I love a good Joker origin story. Yeah. Like, this just a really good, here's an idea of where this guy could come from, mm -hmm. you know. So, that's what I really liked about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the character's strongest points, is the fact that he has no origin. Right. Yeah. So he can be any origin. Yeah. He can just make a bunch of them up. Well, it removes the ability to be able to sympathize with him, right? Because yeah. in this movie you do find that there is an ability to sympathize with mm -hmm. this monster. Yeah. But Joker is categorically insane and a monster and the worst villain in the DC universe. So being able to sympathize with that character is weird. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't be able to. <laughs> He's true chaos, mm -hmm. right? If yeah. you look at the D&D &D spectrum of characters, he's like that true chaotic not even neutral. I guess he'd be evil. But right. everything he does is just, who the fuck knows. Mm -hmm. so. I did think it was funny when we saw the movie and we were on the way out. There's this, I don't think you were there for this, but there's this person that walked by and just goes, completely ruined the character. Completely ruined the character. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people have opinions about this movie. Yeah. I always find that funny, too, because I'm like, this guy's character has been written like a hundred times. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you can't... I don't think a movie can ruin a character. It's like watching the whole Batman 66 movie and being like, completely ruined the character. <laughs> <laughs> Which it did. Yeah. But that's an argument other people would make in the opposite direction. So. Alright. Comic books. I guess we can talk a little bit about those this week. Anthony, you want to start? Sure. Where have I put it's it? hiding behind your laptop. Oh, okay. So... This week, uh, I read Strange Skies Over East Berlin. Uh, it's from Boom. Boom! Um, it's got an exclamation point. <laughs> a boom! Uh, which is very apt because in the story itself, it's, it takes place uh, Cold War-ish, Berlin Wall's still up kind of era. Uh, protagonist is a spy for uh, West Germany. Um, and he's in East Germany, and so he's doing kind of the spy thing. And I'm trying to remember, was West Germany the good Germany? West Germany is the good Germany. Okay. East Germany is the uh, Russia Germany. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, or Soviet, I should say, is the Soviet Union. But uh, basically, it's you could just set it up exactly how you think. It's, he's a spy. He technically works for the Spetsnaz, so he's a spy spying in the spies. 
uh, you know, kind of this double agent thing going on, but um, he ends up getting himself selected to view uh, this strange object, or he thinks to view this strange object that flew over the skies of East Berlin, and basically uh, it was like he was in the middle of trying to get people over the wall and almost himself got caught and basically sat, has to sacrifice those people to the police in order to get himself over the wall, mm. which is what he originally was in, per, intending to do, is that he had, like, they're the scapegoats because he needs to return back to the West to report to his handler and things of that sort. But while he's doing it, this strange meteorish light streaks over the skies, and what is it? And so he ends up uh, thinking that he's going to go look at the object, but in reality he's just being tasked with going to this secret bunker and talking to a guy who did see the object and verify that the things he's saying is true. Basically do like lie detector kind of thing. Is this guy crazy? Is he telling the truth? What's going on? And in the middle of his interview with his gentleman, a large or bunch of blue like stringy tentacle, you know, they don't, they're just basically strands of like energy or whatever start emitting out of this guy's face. He gets tackled, they lock down the bunker, end of book one. So, pretty cool idea. Alien mixed with the war in Germany. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, protagonist is given a little, um, a little bit of background. He's apparently doing this because of what appears to be some long lost love that he sees in like this silhouette hologramish form above the guy who's got the tentacles coming out of his face. Oh. And as you can see, he's surprised. He's like, oh my gosh, lost love. Maybe it's his daughter. I don't know what it is. But um, at the same time, he's kind of like at wit's end with being a spy. He wants to leave, but his handler's like, you don't get to leave. You have to find out what this thing was. Right. Because anything that the Russians get or the Soviets get, then, you know, we have to have it too. Sure. So. We've never owned alien. It's clever. I'm good style. It's kind of got this uh, almost sketchy where they put some uh, good detail on the characters themselves and then the backgrounds themselves are more of a sketched mm. um, not so much quick but less detail a little bit kind of helps you focus on the characters um, some of the characters will kind of look wacky with the art style they have gigantic nostrils or <laughs> they have a lot of the characters have pig face ah. so it's kind of the noses are very high up and there's very large nostril holes mm. but it's a, it's a fun little style I'd give it a... I like the cover. Yeah, I'd give it a solid, so far, 8 out of 10. Okay. It uses a lot of standard setup with universe as far as East versus West, you know, Cold War. But that could still be good. I still watch Bond films, yeah. even though they're all the same. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Good. I love a good... Boom... I it, It's funny to me, because Boom will have, like months of books that don't interest me just mm. months and months and months of them and then all of a sudden boom they'll drop like five of them all at once that are all really interesting and kind of off-brand for them yeah and, and then the other one i've been reading has been the uh once in future yeah um yeah. They, they had an ad in this and i it, i made a connection i was like oh yeah this is boom as well and i'm really liking once in future yeah so that's a, it's just a clever concept that the king arthur to come save us is not a good king arthur right so Right. We'll see what they do with this one, then. So, well, both of the, the common theme in both of these is some a story that we know mixed with something kind mm -hmm. of supernatural and twisty. So, just like the Joker, right? <laughs> Except it wasn't. 
Um, <laughs> so I read, again, a bunch of books this week. I got called, caught up on the Powers of Ten, House of X, mm-hmm. and there's only one more issue left before it's wow. over, and the shit they just did in the last one was crazy. So I'm not going to get into it too much, but it's like changes the whole mutant thing. It just changes it. Like things, the things that they do in this book, it's like, oh, well, there's definitely going to be less fear on the side of the mutants. I very much have like nervous excitement for what follows this series because it was so expertly planned Mm -hmm. on how these books retcon everything mm-hmm. right you know not just delete them you know not pull a disney and just come in and yeah, say they're still oh yeah you know 95 percent of all media is not canon anymore right. you're like you can't just do that but you know he very cleverly uses a side character to oh, just changes her and makes her better you have rewrite yeah. everything gives her her own kind of story and purpose and then now i get to see what happens i know it's very exciting. And I love that I originally thought this was just going to be a, um, almost like a what if, mm-hmm. like, because of the stuff they're doing and it is so wild and like different than most X-Men events because the way most X-Men events work is stuff happens and then it, everything goes back to the way it was yep. and stuff happens and changes and everything goes it's back. It's like a Star Trek episode. We yeah. defeated the alien by the end of the episode. Next episode, everyone's back to normal. Yep. We got plenty of new red shirts from the last station. and <laughs> Yeah, but not, not no. I mean, this is changing everything. Oh my God, Jonathan Hickman. Man, he's crazy. I love it. Um, anyway, so I also read the Immortal Hulk Absolute Carnage book. Mm. Um, very good. It gave you an insight into Bruce Banner's mind. And they wrote this in a way where, like, most of it takes place in his head. Okay. And he's talking to the Hulk, and he's talking... Like, there's a ton of personalities in his head. Like, the different versions of the Hulk he's been, different... And, like, at the end of Absolute Carnage 3, I think it was, Venom decides to take over Bruce Banner and Mm -hmm. the Hulk to play Carnage because Hulk is the strongest there is (laughs) and um this whole book was about them trying to figure out as a collective mind whether to accept this new person into their collective and it was just really interesting and and a different way to kind of go about that whole thing because you don't get to see people deciding to take on the symbiote. Mm-hmm. It just happens. So if anybody's gonna fight back, it's gonna be a guy who's literally lived most of his life right. with an extra mind. Yeah. So, you know, especially being the Hulk, you know, as much as strong as the Hulk is, I gotta imagine that anytime somebody invades his mental space, the Hulk's like, Hold up, this is my domain. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was really and it was it, it's different than the other absolute carnage books in that it didn't focus on that story too much. It did a little bit because it would cut to what was going on in the real world but it's just really well written. Um, Do you think you would put this on the list of if you had like a minimal list of not just the mainline 
would you say also read this? I would say definitely read this. It it really you could not read it and the story would not change for you. Uh-oh. The absolute carnage story. But man, was this it was just really well written. And you don't even have to read the rest of Absolute Carnage to read this to appreciate what it was, just because it is such an insight into the Hulk and Bruce Banner. I was a little confused because there's stuff going on in the Hulk world that I don't know about. Betty is like this some crazy demon chick now. Betty Ross is one true love, right? <laughs> um, she's like she just looks like a demon with wings, and I don't know what happened, how that happened, where that Classic happened. Classic Betty, but going it's, out being a demon. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Apparently. Bruce has figured out that because he's the Hulk, he can die and come back a lot. So like, there's this there's this whole interaction between him and Betty where they decide they need to go somewhere to look for her dad, who's the Red Hulk, um, who was taken out of his grave by Carnage because he had the symbiote on him. Mm-hmm. Just so everyone is caught up on that, um, and she was like, it would take me a long time to get there flying with you. And he's like, well, can you like? fold me up and make me smaller which basically meant she dismembered him and then put him into this tiny little goo ball of, of oh, a body nice. and flew across the country with him and then he came back to life I have some physics <laughs> issues with this <laughs> just, first... just because he's if he was a struggle to struggle to fly full size yeah just tearing him apart, putting him into a ball, isn't going to make him smaller. It's easier. It's easier to goo a guy. Yeah. When he's in pieces. Yeah. So. Maybe the problem was aerodynamics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Possibly. There's there's no chance of him turning into the Hulk when he's a ball of goo. I guess maybe. Okay. Whereas if he were human and got scared, maybe the Hulk would show up and turn into the Hulk while she's holding on to him, and then he would plummet. They would plummet to the ground. <laughs> I always find the near the near immortality of the Hulk yeah. to be very interesting because yeah. you're like, oh yeah, you know he was eaten. Except it's like makes me think of Dragon Ball Z and Cell. It's like one cell remained, and so he was able to grow back from it. It's like, mm. but what about the energy required? to do said task. <laughs> like, there's a, I know it's the comics, but we're breaking a lot of rules here, guys. He's just absorbing cosmic energy. I guess just anything is possible. <laughs> Throwing all the rules right out the window that we worked so hard to figure out. Uh, so this was written by Al Ewing, so good job, Al. That was a great story. I really liked it. Um, finally, I read Bizarre Adventures, number one, uh, from Marvel. So in Marvel back in the day used to do all of these anthology sort of books. They had like Mysterious Tales, Bizarre Adventures, Tales of Mystery, Horrors, anthologies. Oh, Siri thought I was talking to her. (laughs) She doesn't know anything about Bizarre Adventures. (laughs) Um, This Bizarre Adventures used to be known as Marvel Preview, and then it changed its name in the 80s to Bizarre Adventures because it fit more aptly with the sort of stories that were being told in this anthology, which were just things that didn't fit in the normal, traditional Marvel genres, right? They were tales of horror, sci-fi, things in space, all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, So this one is four stories. The first one is about Ulysses Bloodstone, who is an actual Marvel character. He's this guy 
it's like a sword and sorcery tale. He's like a barbarian who back in the day fought this thing that fell to Earth, and when the it was contained in a asteroid and it exploded, and he got a piece of it embedded in his chest, which is the bloodstone, and it makes him immortal. Ulysses Bloodstone. So this whole this whole story was about him fighting this other sorcerer that fell from space that was raising up armies of the dead and killing people as they traveled through this mountain region. And the thing I thought was the coolest was it turned out to be a scrawl. Like, way back in the day, a scrawl had come to Earth and was pretending to be a sorcerer. And I mean, who wouldn't have thought a scrawl was a sorcerer back then, right? They so basically, shape this is an ancient alien. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I believe it was the Super Scroll because I think the Super Scroll has other powers. I don't know much about the Scroll. They can convince them, or make themselves be more convincing as a super yeah. hero instead of just wearing their skin. They have what, additional powers, I believe, too. So it was just a fun little. He, I mean, he beat the shit out of it and cut the head off. And it was just a very self contained story, right? He won in the end. But it was just a fun little read. Um, the next one, there was a Dracula one in here, which I thought was really interesting, and it was just a little story about Dracula, man, a Van Helsing, some werewolves. So is Dracula the good guy, the bad guy? He seems like a bad guy. He seems like a neutral guy, actually, where he will kill people, but he's also like, whatever, need to kill people. I just do it when I feel like it. He's the immortal board guy. Yes. Where he's like, I've lived forever and I might kill a person because I'm just kind of bored. Tonight. Yes, that's but, exactly. Because there was even a line in it where he was like, after you live for a while, you just think it's funny how fragile humans are. <laughs> he's it's like, like and you just don't care it's anymore. It's the classic killing an ant. It's yeah. just an ant. I mean, it's fun to watch it burn sometimes. It's like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but you... There was a Van Helsing. It was the daughter, or the granddaughter of the original Van Helsing. And I think that they're implying that he kind of fell in love with her. Because you get to the end and you realize that he's, like, creeping outside her apartment. And you see her daughter or granddaughter who looks exactly like her. You think it's her. And then you realize that she's actually really old Mm -hmm. and in bed dying because she's very old. And he's kind of like... You just have that one person and they just keep coming to you throughout the generations sort of situation very traditional dracula story i think you know because he's got the one woman that he's always in love with and mm-hmm. thinks he sees her in every generation that he lives and stuff like that they do it in bram strokers the so, classic yeah. mummy mummy tale of oh my resurrected wife yes or my lovely bride it's like no nah, yeah. it's just a dude or just, <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> just another person just with, a dude with long hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, they did a Shang Chi story, which was cool because he. There's a movie coming out about him. Um, it it was just him fighting his mentor in a city. Like none of these stories have like world building substance to them because they're supposed to be finished mm-hmm. in this one story, but it was it was very much like a the you're still learning you're not a master sort of thing yet you have too much compassion Mm -hmm. 
to be the master because yes. you're so easily distracted. You saved a dog and I kicked your ass because you wanted to save this dog. Separate yourself from worldly desires yes. and emotions. And you, exactly. And that literally, I mean, that was the whole story. My favorite one at the end is about Black Goliath. I don't know if you guys know who Black Goliath I is. I heard that one. Um, in, so his character was in Ant-Man, the second Ant-Man movie. He takes the pin particles and he can also oh, go... Oh, Warren's fish burns? Yeah, yeah. He can also get big. Him and uh, Paul Rudd have this whole conversation in the movie about how big they've gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he... The comparing size classic yeah. mode. Yes. So this takes place in like modern day era and he's on like a talk show and he's a, he's a giant prick. Like he's just one of those heroes that's like, I'm a hero and everyone has to love me because I'm awesome <laughs> sort of thing. And he's like... I don't understand why everybody loves the Hulk. I can get so much bigger than him. And I'm smart. <laughs> and it's just this whole... Classic nerd like, defense. I can't beat that guy up, but yeah. I'm smarter than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he destroys a car and everyone loves him. And I said something bad. I don't know what he said, but he's like, I said something on social media that was questionable and now I'm the world's biggest enemy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck did he say? <laughs> this might be a throwback to uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson making his gaffe on uh, social media about the shooting or whatever. Mm. He like made a comment about, well, statistics show that really the thing that we should be worried about is climate change and people dying for food. Mm. Do so. Uh, a cla- clever jab. At- I thought Maybe. Gonna, I thought you were going to talk about Pluto. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it still, it still hurts too much. Talking about Pluto. <laughs> So the way his powers work, or the way he explains them, is that they come from an extra-dimensional source. And they have scenes, they have little cutaway scenes that show whenever he uses his powers, there's this other dimension that he taps into that sucks these tiny little creatures into like this dimensional warp because he's pulling energy out of them. And then when he's done, they like, sorry, they like fall back to their their land they're all mutated and like this so he's every time he uses his powers this entire other world gets destroyed Mm. and it was just weird and like very clear that he doesn't know that that's happening Mm. sort of thing but also from his character you kind of wonder if you care sort of thing but um they're so cute and it was just so (laughs) gross what happened to him (laughs) (laughs) i just it's just a weird totally weird story which makes sense because this book is about bizarre bizarre adventures so uh definitely fun pick it up for just some fun little off tales i hope they keep going with it they put they said they put this out for their 80th anniversary so i don't know if it's going to be an ongoing or not but i really hope it is because i love a good capsule story right where you read it Mm -hmm. and you get to the end and it's done uh and you don't have to worry about buying the next 10 books to finish it so something to be said about storytelling that can be done in eight pages i think it's masterful so that's what i read this week i read more i'm gonna say i just can't keep talking about (laughs) so or else this show would be three hours long so like okay book number two of 12 (laughs) i read um news this week there's New York Comic Con's going on. I thought there would be way more news that came out of that, but there wasn't a whole lot of, like, stuff. I think the thing that uh, 
overtook my news feed the most comics related was that uh, Tom Holland is responsible for saving the Sony uh, Disney mm. combo so they uh, apparently and this actually is confirmed by Kevin Feige but himself he's uh, said that Tom called him and basically said don't don't be a stickler yep and uh, so you know they're gonna give it a try and they're gonna do the one movie and then one appearance in another movie so you know kudos to Tom Holland for wanting to keep his character where it is because yeah. he originally embraced it and said ah oh, it's still gonna be great even go to Sony as much as he's awful he with publicly did yeah as much yeah. as he's awful with spoilers mm -hmm. he's a great PR guy oh he's yeah so bubbly and per, you know so personable and so uh, but yeah apparently we can all thank Tom Holland for keeping Spider-Man in the MCU at least for one and a half-ish more movies thanks Tom Holland yeah I don't I, I don't blame him like he has to know this is probably for the for a long time to come at least mm -hmm. this is probably going to be the most iconic thing he does yeah you know? he's so young he is so young, and so he probably has a bright future ahead of him. Nonetheless, this is what yeah. I will always love. He, I mean, for. he is killing this role. Have you guys yeah. seen the deep fake videos where they replaced Tom Holland with Tobey Maguire? No. Yes. Oh. Yes, I have. <laughs> it totally changes the mood of the of the it movie does. when yeah. you put Tobey Maguire in there because he's so like. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the Eeyore of Spider-Man. He is. Yes. Tom Holland could have made Spider-Man 3 great. <laughs> I would have much rather him go emo. Right? He would have been awesome. He would have had some personality and not just become flat and be yeah. like, oh, that's kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> he, has a, he has a better American accent than, than Tobey Maguire has, too. Right, and Tobey <laughs> Maguire's accent is like... Legitimate because he's American, I yeah. think, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this guy doesn't even know how to speak like an American. Uh, he is one. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what do I got? I'm here? seeing a lot too uh, in the news about the Arrowverse uh, crisis. Oh, the casting for that uh, has been intensely insane. That's that. I keep seeing this person's going to be showing up, and this person's going to be showing up. Uh, Smallville's Superman's gonna be showing up, and oh, really? which is kind of weird because Smallville had an Arrow. He's in showing that up universe, too, and he's showing up, and it's like, okay, so who am I supposed to be looking out for? I mean, just you're, it's gonna feel like a yeah. Marvel or like an Avengers movie where the Avengers assemble and you see six Spider uh, Supermen yeah. and a bunch of arrows and a couple flashes, yeah. you know. Um. The guy who does the Batman voice, Kevin Conroy, he's yeah. gonna be, he's gonna show up. Yes. He's gonna be. I think he's gonna be a Bruce Wayne. I don't think he's gonna be a Batman. Mm. He could um, totally do Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, he could pull that. Uh, Tom Welling was seen in the Kingdom Come Superman outfit, which would be super interesting. Um, the there was a very short-lived television show called Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. So the the woman who played Black Canary, I think, in that is showing up, or Huntress. I can't remember. It's just they've got, they're getting everybody they possibly can. I think I read an article and they didn't say who, but there was only two people that they, that hadn't signed on for it yet that they were trying to get. And I don't know who those people are, but I, this, 
we've kind of fallen off watching the CW shows. Mm-hmm. They're so, they're so it's the same thing for me with the Defenders on Netflix. It mm. was like, oh, yeah. it's too many. Yeah. You know, two was fine. And they're like, oh, but there's also the Punisher. He's not technically a Defender, but it's that same little universe. And I'm like, guys, like, I don't have enough time right. in my life to commit to these. You yeah. know, I can't read the comics watch this comics and watch this comics and go see the movies and you know yeah. it's just I really like The Flash I thought that was a great yeah think, and even that show like there were seasons that were amazing yeah. and there were seasons where it's like dude Flash come on yeah. you're just depressed this whole season that's yeah. what, this whole season is that's just the Flash like, being depressed that's what I didn't like about Arrow it yeah. was too much of a downer yeah. but uh, The Flash was at least brighter most of the yeah. time but the uh, I did find myself like having to fast forward through some of the drama. Yeah, just, I mean they are CW shows. I know it's to... Dawson's Creek with superpowers. Yes, and it's like <laughs> that's great. No, but they are good at a crossover. Yeah, I have to oh, say. Oh yeah, they are very yeah. good at doing crossovers. What's, I always thought it was interesting how DC is killing it in TV, not so much in movies, yeah. and it's completely the opposite with Marvel. Mm-hmm. I felt like you know they had a couple good good ones with Marvel. Jessica Jones, a lot of people really love that. Movie, yeah. But it never really got the hold that the CW shows got right. for DC. I think it's interesting too because the CW shows from with the kind of that Smallville Dawson's Creek yeah. formula of pretty people with mm-hmm. some superpowers and they but even though they have superpowers, they still have Real people love problems. Yes. You know? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Real pretty For... people love problems. So love is the great equalizer yeah. across superpowered and normal people yeah. is that we all have these issues. Sometimes but... those problems are your boyfriend was turned into this thing that now lives in another person and you now have ice powers, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And you've got the, the whole brainiac. Oh, I used to love her, but then she became brainiac. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know if I can love that part of her, you know. <laughs> Everyone else is watching. How it's can like, you love a mass murderer? But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they—it's such a weird combination because they've been doing that formula forever, mm. and it's still—I mean—fiscally working for them. They're making money off of this. People like the shows, but I'm like, Smallville came out how many years ago? We've had a generation shift of who's watching these shows now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it still is apparently working with the next group of teenagers who are like, oh, superheroes have love problems too? I yeah. love this show, you know? Yeah, I feel like Smallville has to have, I think that wrapped up, it has to have been like five years ago. Because it now. was 10 seasons. And that was 10 seasons. It yeah. was more than five years ago that Smallville uh, Released in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. October wow. 16, 2001. It wrapped up in 2011. See, but, I didn't even yeah. start watching it until after I think the entire thing came out. I was in. It was when I was in college. I started watching it. And I think it was like season seven mm. had was released, and so I was yeah. watching one through six yeah. on DVD rentals from the library yeah. because Netflix didn't exist yet to binge. So I was so gullible watching that. Like, all right, next season this that'll be the season oh, where he flies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, they gotta do it. They gotta do it. Like season They're not nine. Wait till right at the end yeah. to do it. Oh, but and they that's did. exactly what they did. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> you had that classic running in yeah. place. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. I think the craziest thing to come out of that show is Allison Mack and her cult. Oh yeah. Sex cult. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Yeah. You, Maybe you, she's the one they couldn't catch her. They know a person. <laughs> um, so 
So DC announced that they are doing a contest for Villain of the Year. They haven't announced where you can vote yet, but coming soon, you're going to be able to vote on your favorite villain, and they're going to be awarded Villain of the Year, very much like they voted on how Robin or if Robin should die back in the 90s, which did not turn out, I think, the way they expected to it, but they went with it. Um, so in December, there's going to be a Harley Quinn Villain of the Year number one. I don't know why they're numbering it, because it sounds like it's going to be a one-shot to me. Um, but where she's putting on this gala for the Legion of Doom where they're going to have announced the villain of the year. So you, the readers, get to vote on the villain. And whatever you decide collectively is going to be the villain of the year. And I really hope that people kind of come together and vote for somebody really dumb like Kite Man or something <laughs> like that. Like, I don't want Joker to win villain of the year. Yeah. And I don't want one of these big, like, I want somebody low on the totem pole. King Tut or something <laughs> to win Villain of the Year. I want them to basically be the red shirt of villains. Yes. Where they showed up and then immediately were blasted away. Yes. And be like, you know what? This guy deserves a second chance because even though he was going up against Superman, he still had the gumption and he knew <laughs> that I'm going to lose, but I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to be a villain. And he deserves a second oh, chance. I would love for that to happen. So... Uh, we'll have more details about that when they actually announce how and where and when you can vote. But keep an eye out for that. I think they're going to be wrapping that into the year of the villain thing that they have going on. Which is going to um, end up concluding in this year of the villain arisen one shot story that they're going to be doing. Which I'm really interested in because I have no idea what the fuck they're doing with this at all other than Lex Luthor's collecting a bunch of villains mm. and acting like the Oprah of villains giving away <laughs> all these gifts to people. You so, get a villain. You get a villain. It's more like you get this new thing to be uh, a villain with and you get this new thing to be a villain with and you the Riddler just get a piece of advice telling me telling you that you're terrible. Bees. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the only accurate one was the yeah, Oprah bees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I read an article that was about Kirby this week, and I know you play video games, but I don't know yes. how much into video game history you are. So a man named John Kirby died this week, who is the namesake of the character Kirby, who came out in the 90s. I thought Kirby came out way before the 90s. I feel like I was much younger when that game came out, but it was 1992. Yeah. Wow. I guess I would have been 11. I thought it came out when <laughs> it was, I was younger than that. But, uh, so he was a lawyer who didn't work for Nintendo, but worked for a company that represented Nintendo. And he defended them when Universal Studios uh, did a lawsuit against Nintendo for Donkey Kong, saying that it was a trademark issue because of King Kong. Mm -hmm. It was too closely tied to King Kong and and they should not be able to do it. And he defended Nintendo and won. So, obviously, because Donkey Kong's been in existence since then. Um, so, because of that, Kirby was named after him. Oh. And he was also given a boat by the Nintendo company that was called the Donkey Kong. 
That's um, such a Nintendo thing to do. Hey, man, we're going to pay you, but we're also going to give you a sailboat. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for this burden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boats are hard to keep up. Well, I would imagine being a lawyer just trying to, like, get rid of it. who <laughs> had, like... Nintendo is your client, and he yeah. also has. You might be able to afford someone to take care of it. His his clients also include Pepsi and mm. America Online. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what he was Ugh. doing for America Online, but uh, yeah. So obviously, sure, it wasn't enough. <laughs> I'm sure he could, I'm sure he could afford to like keep a boat. Yeah. So, uh, but I so, just thought that was really interesting. Would that have been like Super Nintendo? I mean, it was Predonkey. Super Nintendo, 92, yeah. Yeah, it seems like that would have been about that. Yeah, because the 96 was the 64. came out in 1996. So that that period before that would have been... Yeah, it was just the NES and then the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. And the Kirby's Dream Land definitely was Um, Super Nintendo. I played him originally on Game Boy. Okay. So that's where I got my first kind of Kirby. Oh, right. yeah. uh, is that what, is that it. what Dreamland came out for originally? Was uh, Game Boy? it was yeah. Okay. So that was ninety two. So that's kind of that's an old place. It's really interesting because I mean he's a character that literally just sucks things into its body, mm. and then you, it's named after a lawyer. Yeah, it makes you think. Did was the lawyer like notorious for eating everything around him, or is it was it just a convenient? Oh, Kirby, that's kind of a fun name. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Shigeru Miyamoto is a wacky dude, so I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, he literally made games because he's like, oh yeah, I liked planting carrots as a child, so I made Pikmin because I like gardening, and it's kind of like gardening with like sentient flowers and you're like you're kind of a messed up man but I like what your brain's making so uh, there's a new Batman game coming out they haven't announced anything about it yet but it's from the same company that did Arkham Origins I think I'm excited for this because I'm I mean I love these games you love the Batman games too yeah yeah what was that called? The last one, the one that I played. Um, the most recent one was Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Kevin Conroy is not returning to do the voice of Batman for this uh, game. This is where the Hawaiian alternate timeline Butler. that we live in gets even worse. You know, like <laughs> all of our beloved characters are leaving. You know, no yeah. more Mark Hamill as Joker. And, I know. Yeah. Why even bother? You know, yeah. the voice may actually. Other people have done the voice of Batman in games, so I'm sure it'll probably be fine. But uh, the voice acting in these games makes a difference. Yeah, it does. For sure. Right. Uh, It can turn a good game into a terrible game. Yeah, I think that's one of the things, that is one of the hallmark pieces of the Arkham series of games, is that the characters were engaging. I mean, Mm -hmm. even like the side characters, like Deadshot and stuff like that, where you were like, oh, I'm interested in... Actually interacting with this character and looking for them. Obviously, the Joker's a great villain, um, but yeah, just it was the unique take. You got the Arkham City, where oh, we're turning an entire city into a prison, very Escape from L.A. Mm, you know, kind mm-hmm. of feel. But yeah, the characters. Why don't Why don't they just deep fake the voices at this point? Oh, they totally could. You're right. They could. They could very much. There so. might be. That's this is. See, this is going to be an interesting time in our lives, right? Because can somebody sue a company for using their voice? Because if they're doing, I would bet. I would bet. If they're using only using the voice. Um, 
bites they did they... for the previous product. You know, they have the complete rights to that, those recordings, right? So if they're only using those uh, to create the deep fake... Maybe, but do you have the right to your own voice yeah. and get to dictate what it's used in? I think we'll Even find out... Even if you've done it before. We'll yeah. find out some lawsuits to set precedent because it's likeness. Right. That's the thing is they use is, is my... You know, you're using this person's likeness yeah. to profit without they, them getting a portion of the did they? Did they do anything with... Um, I can't remember the character's name in Star Wars... That, where they brought him back from the dead, um, the the actor had died. Oh, General, in, in the oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Admiral Tarkin. Uh, Tarkin. Tarkin. Yeah. Yeah. Did they? Do you remember? Did they ever say anything about like, well, we paid his family or something? I would imagine that they did not say anything, but they mm-hmm. might have. It's one of those things that like they probably made a statement about it, but mm-hmm. nobody paid cared. attention. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Young Carrie Fisher. Yeah. I mean, they used uh, her daughter for right. the role, and then they digitally modified right. her. So. so that that then they're paying the daughter, right? Yeah, you know, which is kind of. I would imagine you would have to like most actors have like their estate, right? Yeah. Where you have to go through their estate. Well, you look at like Michael Jackson, yeah. Yeah. things like that, where they've long passed away, and they're still lawsuits of the estate saying hey you're profiting off of his likeness mm-hmm. you know Elvis Presley you still have to pay the Elvis Presley estate anytime you do any movie that's got an Elvis Presley you know likeness in it stuff like that so yeah yeah it should be interesting with voice actors though because it will be voice Kids, actors are more go more to law important. school because we're getting into a whole <laughs> yes. brave new world and they they're gonna need Weird new lawyers There's for a couple of weird new lawyers. <laughs> There's a few industries that are always in demand, and law, there's yes. always someone suing someone. Yes. So yeah. that's oh, a good one to go with. Sure. Um, a couple months ago, we learned they're making a new Matrix movie with uh, Lana Wachowski. I believe Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss both signed on. It's supposed to be a sequel. Um, turns out there's actually two Matrix movies that are in the works. So there's this one that is good has Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss uh, attached to it and there's also one that's written by Zach Penn that's supposed to be a prequel to the Matrix movies mm. so possibly, do you know if they're tying that into the other prequel stuff that they've done he's he says Zach Penn says it's not a reboot okay I don't know if that means that they're going to... Because they really got into the prequel stuff in the Animatrix, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they'll... If it's just going to be something completely different that kind of ends up leading to where we are today. Because obviously it won't have anything to do with Keanu Reeves' character. Because he doesn't become fully realized as a person mm-hmm. until the first Matrix movie. Um, but it's supposed to be canon. So I don't know what that means in terms of tying to the... <clears throat> Animatrix stuff. It's the, sequel, like, the sequel would be interesting too because I wouldn't be surprised if they ignored this because I'm like one of five people that played Matrix online. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of stuff, story in that. There is a lot yeah. of story. That's why I loved it. I love the Matrix movies more than I should have. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> much I, I don't think you were the only one. No, but yeah. like it totally fit the time. You know, but I love the Matrix Online, especially when it first came out, and then they ended up selling it to I think Sony or I can't remember somebody. They sold somebody it to, who ruined it. Yeah, ruined some, it. Yeah, totally ruined the the franchise, or at least the movie, the video game. 
But the uh, they had great events and everything, and but they totally set up like how there's factions afterwards of, mm-hmm. of the of uh, the machine, like people who sided with machines, people who sided with the humans, and then um, people who sided with the Merovingian. Actually, the the French guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, from, the rebellious. Oh, you, you haven't really watched the movie. The rebellious the machines. Yeah, I, yeah. I watched them the one time they when they came out, and then yeah. I completely removed them from my memory base. I'll, I'll do an yeah. annual annual watch. I'll watch all three movies right. every yeah. year. The um, so yeah, it would be interesting to see if they end up keeping that together. But, and there's all this stuff about like piecing together Neo's um, RSI residual self image. Mm. Like that was part of the objectives. Was mm. One of the events was to piece together his art. Or his mm-hmm. we need to get back Neo. Yeah, it was really kind of interesting ideas. Were the Wachowskis involved with the stories for the game, or was this just? I don't know for sure but i feel like they probably kind of got it set up consulted on it kind of yeah yeah yeah. because it is written by them so i mean that's the thing is written and directed so they created this universe completely yeah yeah and lana 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 Mm -hmm. um is do it has written the sequel and will be directing it Mm -hmm. yeah um by herself i don't think her sister it's just such a weird Thing to wrap my head around, but I don't think her sister is going to be helping on this one. Yeah. Um. So then the Zach Penn one, that's the prequel. Who knows if that will have the same feeling or not? Yeah. But with it being a prequel, does it need to? No, I mean that's one of the things about the Matrix too. I mean, other than the only problem comes in when you use the same character. I mean, that's what we look at the Matrix for, uh, whatever it is. The problem comes in the fact that Carrie Ann Moss and uh, Keanu Reeves are in it. Right. So they both died, apparently. You know, Carrie Moss in the real world, she got pretty stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> to death. Uh, and, uh, you know, Neo. Just a little stabbed. She got pretty, pretty stabbed. stabbed. Neo exploded yeah. in uh, the Matrix world. But, I mean, it's a digital world. So as long as you're not stepping, I mean, that's one of the things that the matrix online and then the animatrix is able to do is they're just like just not mention too much of those other characters i mean maybe mm-hmm. they're they're in the same world but there's plenty of other people who were trying to rescue humans in the matrix i mean there was mm-hmm. all those other ships all the other captains so i think the prequel won't the prequel will be easier because it's we just pick whoever and we tell a story and right maybe we you know, it's early Matrix. It's an early version of it, and so things are a little bit different. Maybe it's nineteen twenties. Blah blah blah. You know, there was like um, there was the uh, the Animatrix film that they did that really told the story of uh, the robots rising. You mm-hmm. know, where like how they were slaves essentially to humans mm. and everything, um, and the humans mm. were this elite. Very much like yeah. And then eventually they, they, they founded their own nation yeah. and stuff like that. So it was really interesting um, that I would love to see them just do the a feature. The Rise of the Machines. Yeah, just do a feature length of that yeah. would be amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, I don't have any more comic book news. I have booze news. Booze news? Yeah. So I just thought these were weird. Um... It's 
Is this during your research for booze in a book? You no, it, it totally came up on my... So, you know, on Google, you can set your, like... It tells you what you, it thinks you need to know news-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get a lot of comic book stuff. Every once in a while, I get a booze thing thrown at me because Google knows that I drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, it's London Cocktail Week. Uh, and so for this, Glenn Le- Levitt... Glenn Levitt? the whiskey maker, mm-hmm. um, has introduced these capsules, booze capsules. They look like Tide Pods, right? Because that's what we need is yes. kids putting more things in their mouths. Yep. <laughs> um, but there are these three different flavors, and they it's just, they come in, the flavors they come in are described as citrus, wood, and spice. So I don't know what that means, because I don't want to drink anything that tastes like wood, but... And spice is very generic. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tastes like salt. It's <laughs> a spice. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> what are apples lack in flavor? They make up for being on the ground. <laughs> but anyway, there's there there are these little capsules that are made of seaweed, so it's supposed to be like highly sustainable. And then they're filled with these cocktails that are made with Glen Levitt, and you just pop it into your mouth like a shot of alcohol and i was like it just dissolves th- yes yeah this is the future of drinking right <laughs> you know it's it's funny because this actually makes me think i remember seeing uh they had these water capsules and it was basically uh it was made with a seaweed shell mm-hmm. and so you just popped it into your mouth and then you bit and then boom water and you can eat the seaweed because it's seaweed not yeah. a problem and <clears throat> but it was like it was a little weird because they were talking about, oh, we're saving plastic, except that each water piece came wrapped in plastic for yeah. food safety purposes. Right. But um, that was the idea is that, oh, you know, we're getting rid of big single-use plastic bottles, blah, blah, blah. And if you at least see your plastic's biodegradable, you know, whatever. But, yeah, this this is so in 1990-whatever is when uh, Demolition Man, mm. we had that, and yeah. everyone was eating pills. Or for yeah. the food, you know, Taco Bell pills, and because right. Taco Bell won the food wars, but <laughs> we're getting friend. there. We're working. The restaurant left in the yeah. world. <laughs> I mean, we're getting there now that yeah. uh, everything's in pill form. And you know what? If it tastes good, sure. There's a, it's the same with books. You got aesthetic of a real book, but if I just want reading material, right. digital is a great way to just get it into my brain quickly. Yeah. Uh, audiobooks, someone else reads it to me, that kind of thing. I'm all about it. See, I'm so much not a drinker. Like, I just don't like liquor yeah. very much that I would love to have this and just swallow it. <laughs> <laughs> just let it dissolve in your stomach yeah. and then you get drunk? Yeah. That's interesting. They might be too big. They might be. Yeah, yeah they're not. I mean, they. it's they hard says, to tell. It uh, says 23 milliliters, which is 7 tenths of an ounce. So fairly small. 7 tenths of an ounce. Isn't so I mean, like a normal a normal pour is like two to three ounces yeah. for like whiskey. So I mean, if you break this down, you're looking at about five. Yeah. Five pills for a drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Five sips. So yeah. it's a decent amount. Yeah. It's not the, small, but the but I mean, most people who drink whiskey, like I I like whiskey, but whiskey is one of those things where I really have to be in the mood to mm-hmm. have whiskey, especially just whiskey. Straight. Yeah. Right. I can drink, I can down whiskey sours until the cows come home or until I get super wasted. But, <laughs> Which is when the cows come yeah. home. Yeah. Um, to me, having to put this whole thing in your mouth 
and like just commit to that amount yeah. of alcohol is not appealing to me because I literally will just babysit the whiskey. Right. Which is why when I don't want to get drunk, I'll order whiskey, which is weird. But because I baby it because the taste isn't always great. Yeah. Now, yeah. the fact that these are mixed cocktails might mm -hmm. be a little different. If they have a little bit of a, a mix in them, so yeah. it's not straight. Yeah. Um, I did do the math real quick because I'm a math guy. But <laughs> it, if you had a three-ounce pour, I it would take me way more than four sips or five sips. I, you know, I would be sipping. You're looking at maybe a dozen. I'm going to go through that. And this is four, right. at, like at the most. So draining a three ounce pour of whiskey in four uh, sips is, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. I could see people getting really messed up yeah. easily off Just of these. Popping them in your mouth or swallowing them whole if you yeah. have a large esophagus. <laughs> I don't care what the flavor is. Right. I'm just going to put mm, it in alcohol. my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Skip uh, the tongue. So it'll be interesting to see if... First of all, these make it to the States because this was designed specifically for London's Cocktail Week. Um, but it will also be interesting to see if they come to the States because I've seen boozy ice pops and we went to a place in Cincinnati where they handcraft fucking the most delicious boozy milkshakes. Oh my like, God, those legitimately, not like a grasshopper where you take the ice cream and mix it with the booze. <laughs> where you literally oh, make cats. the ice cream out of the alcohol. Mm -hmm as one of the ingredients oh fuck that shit was good so i don't know just all these new interesting ways to get people drunk i, I like the idea of just this taking off for the wrong reasons and <laughs> us getting long island iced tea oh, poppables yeah. and you know and some of this article i was looking it up is like it's kind of like gushers but whiskey it's like adult gushers used yeah. to think, oh, I just want like the candy. It's like, no. They... See, what they need to do is they need to put the mixer as the candy around it. Ah, yeah, you there know? you go. And then just the booze. Trademark the... Dunkin' Comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just just write on it. Put it on the, put it in the idea book. You know, the problem with Americans, though, is you know we're going to ruin it because there are going to be people who die because they Yes. Put it up their ass. Put it up their ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's, Americans always ruin this stuff. Yeah. They're going to mix up, the kids are going to mix up their Tide Pods with yeah. the alcohol capsules yeah, yeah. instead of eating Tide Pods. They're going to get drunk and have alcohol poisoning and die. <laughs> I think the key so here. The Tide Pods yeah. and dying. Yeah. The key here is they just need to make them look not colorful. You can't yeah. make them look like berries. You have right. to make it look like toxic. Ooh, that yes. doesn't, that's radioactive. Yes. Right. <laughs> Low alcohol. Here you go. Oh, all right. Booze in a book this week. So, everything number two came out. Just a quick reminder everything was the comic book about the superstore in Holland, Michigan in the 80s where weird shit's happening and in number two even more weird shit is happening and it's just layers upon layers upon layers of just weird shit happening to all these different characters the only thing that ties them all together is this brand new superstore called everything and it's a real fun read and i highly suggest people picking it up uh, but i'm pairing it this week with one of the most iconic shots from the 80s the B-52. <laughs> mm. The B-52, the nightmare of all all uh, bartenders, because yes. they ex you expect it to be just perfectly layered, has coffee liqueur, or as most people just, just 
Kahlua because I mean, is there another coffee no. before? <laughs> it's like Band Aid. It's actually a Band Aid, but we call it Band Aid. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Kahlua. Uh, Bailey's Irish Cream and Grand Marnier, and you just layer it perfectly. You get this beautiful, perfect little shot that you look at for a second, then just pour in your mouth, <laughs> and it it just goes down so smooth. The '80s was definitely a time for these very intricate shots. These super sweet sort of alcohol drinks. Mm -hmm. Slippery nipples is also another big one from the 80s. But anyway, B-52, straight from the 80s. All these layers that really don't have anything to do with each other, but then come together in like this delicious thing in your mouth that just slides down your throat. Perfect pairing for everything number two. Because uh, it's exactly what the comic book is like. So Excellent. that is booze in a book this week. All right. I got nothing else. Me neither. That's a good one. I'm idea out. Yeah. Next week we should be back in the normal studio. Mm -hmm. We did find Charles. He responded. He did. We don't have to start a new podcast, a very serial sort of podcast, looking <laughs> into the dear disappearance of Charles Anderson. Uh, he does exist. I assume he will be showing up sometime in the future. Unless it was his killer that messaged us. <laughs> <laughs> we think he's alive. Brilliant. <laughs> we haven't seen Tony in a while. <laughs> That's true. He said he's in Germany. Yep. I'm seeing yeah. pictures, but it could be a weekend at Bernie's kind of situation where somebody else is just holding his body up for the pictures. And <laughs> yep. Who knows? I guess we'll find out next week if yep. and when either one of them show back up. So stay yeah. thirsty for the conclusion to the new podcast. <laughs> dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> Will Tony arrive? Will he have died in Germany? What has happened? Next weekend, drunk on cereal. <laughs> Turn it off. <laughs>